selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Charles Leclerc Victory Edition. It is, of course, the Austrian Grand Prix post-race. We're vibing. We are, well, I say we, I'm vibing. Tommy, maybe not so much, as you can see by his face. And welcome as well to Team WTF1, who are watching us live and having a great time on this Monday. And, of course, you will see it on Tuesday uh, if you are watching anywhere else. And also, worth mentioning, this podcast is once again sponsored by the wonderful people at Elgato, our season-long partners, and making us sound... I'd say we're nearly there. We're nearly professionals with all this amazing wow. equipment. Yeah, I know. I know. I've just upgraded ourselves as Katie. Uh, Katie has told me moves his mic. Uh, <laughs> but yes, thank you so much uh, to Elgato for, for being our sponsors. And thank you to all of you for coming and joining us whilst I bask in the glory and turn on my smug face. Uh, so let's do some three word race reviews, shall we? Uh, the Pranjal underscore 19. Sad Carlos noises. Hi, Sevan. Midfield was fun. Sophia at VCC, track limits exceeded, and Etienne G. Peters, Ferrari is back, question mark? All right, I don't think we need a question mark there, to be honest with you. Like, let's well, have one some of them faith. didn't finish, so... <laughs> To say one it's been of one on minute, fire. Katie. It's been yeah. one minute. And you've already... Katie, Katie hasn't had a tea, so we're going to get a savage <laughs> Katie today. <laughs> I'm really hurt. Like, honestly, if there's an FIA rant somewhere in Katie's brain, it's coming out. Don't you worry. It's there. It's there. Just, just... I reckon Katie's going to be like Twitch. There's Twitch Tommy, but there's going to be no tea Katie. And she's just no going to be absolutely Katie. in on everyone, calling all the drivers washed. She thinks the they're babes, all terrible. One or the other. Yeah. That's amazing. We've all got our own. Well, you guys have got your own platforms. I don't know which one I I go. You need your alter ego. Yeah, I do. Charles Leclerc uh, victory. (laughs) Charles Leclerc pain. (laughs) They're your alter egos. They really are. Depends on Ferrari strategies. Indeed. So yeah, there was obviously uh, sad Carlos noises. Uh, Of course, Carlos just about to attack Verstappen and then uh, conked out. The midfield was extremely fun. The track limits weren't so fun, and Ferrari is back. Get rid of the question mark. Right, my three word race review. Waited since australia oh it's been so long it's been so 
blooming long since I can bask in the glory of a Charles Leclerc victory. When I thought it was all so easy, the last time Leclerc won, he was 43 points clear of George Russell in the standings. I've already bought the Charles Leclerc world champion cape to put up on my wall, uh, where Tommy, of course, has his orange Max cape for audio listeners. Uh, But it's been a long old slog. Ferrari have tried their very hardest for Leclerc not to win, but they finally pulled through and a victory which was hard fought. Had to make three passes on Max Verstappen, and every single one of them felt good. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. Um, was Tommy was Grace born before or after Australia? After Australia, so he hasn't. So won, yeah, he hasn't, hasn't won a race since Grace has been born. No, and, and she wore the one, and she wore the onesie yesterday. So you allowed Insane. Tommy, you allowed <clears throat> to to put the gift of the Ferrari onesie that I sent you onto Grace. For the first time, and Leclerc won for the first time. I got too cocky. I, I was like, no, Ferrari just bottling it this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Matt, I'll put the onesie on. Nothing will happen. Boom. And then they were quicker Leclerc than B1. Red Bull. They were. That is 10 straight victories from 10 onesies. Is it 10? I thought it was nine. Is it 10 now? Uh, six. How many wins has Max got? I don't want to One, know. two, three, four, five. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, nine wins. Across three different sports. So you did one for MotoGP. One for MotoGP, one for Leeds in the football, they won. Uh, Max got one, two, three, four, five wins with the onesie on, including the sprint. Um, and then, yeah, Charles Leclerc, I can't believe it. It's, it's scary now. <laughs> it's actually scary. And your tweet, by the way, of time, was it time to end this championship once and for all? And this is a screenshot of you seeing a Verstappen onesie all the way up to one year old, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I have ordered them. Have you, you actually? Haven't? Yes, I have. You are such a scumbag. You could have at least waited till they were level on points and then and then broken our hearts. It depends how long it's going to take to deliver, so we'll see. Oh, hopefully it's one of those dodgy get websites. Touch, that, yeah, yeah never get next it. Year. Yeah, yeah, never what, arrives. What was the email that you bought it with? No reason. I might just contact <laughs> customer support. What was the order number? <laughs> yeah. just, Can I have your PIN number and mother's maiden name, please? <laughs> um, but yes, oh. brilliant. So uh, great to hear that you're now ruining everybody's lives, apart from Max Verstappen fans. Thanks so much, Tommy. Uh, There's a question from Randy Yandek. What's Ferrari's pace due to suiting the track, upgrades, Grace's onesie, or a combination of all the above? (laughs) I love how these questions are like, this, this, or this, when they full well know it's a combination of all of them. Um, But no, Ferrari, for, well, I was going to say for the first time, it feels like in a while, but the last five or six races have been very chaotic from a Ferrari point of view. We've spoken about how many races Leclerc could have won had it not been for blunders, or reliability, Ferrari finally don't have any, well, I say Ferrari, Charles Leclerc finally has no issues with his car and no issues with his strategy, and he wins the race. So I think it just highlights that the pace between them and Red Bull have not been that different uh, so far this year. You have to admit that Max Verstappen has been quicker in a lot of the races. That's why Leclerc's had pole position and Max Verstappen has breezed through. This has been the first time we've seen a shift in Leclerc passing Verstappen for the victory. But... I'm not sure how much of it you can put down to Ferrari maybe taking a step forward. I think it may have almost been Red Bull taking a slight step back. It seemed like Max was suffering with his tyres quite early on and he just didn't have that pace and he was concerned and and speaking on the team radio about he had lack of uh, front grip and some laps he had grip and others he didn't. So yeah, I think Red Bull may be just, for whatever reason, you'd expect them at the Red Bull ring to be pretty unstoppable. 
but no, I don't think they had the perfect weekend, Red Bull. Um, so yeah, it, another factor to add in there, Randy. It's normally, yeah, the Red Bull ring has been quite good to Red Bull. Max is really good around there. They have never had two Red Bulls on the podium. It does tend to just be Max is very good around there and really suits him. But what was strange is normally we see the the Red Bull straight line speed is is really good. But yeah, Leclerc was all over the back of uh, Max. He looked like he was a sitting duck a lot of the time. I mean, as much as it pains me to say it, his move on Max uh, turn four was juicy. Very, very good. Dive bomb, completely caught him by surprise because you thought he was just going to go up the inside because Max was, he, he defended the first half and then I think the rest of the race he was like, there's literally no point here. He was in, I think he was in championship mode, which is quite rare to see uh, from Max Verstappen. But yeah, he didn't have anything to answer for. But yeah, it's not a case of like, whoa, Ferrari is suddenly here. It's just the fact that they didn't mess it up for a change because uh, Silverstone, they could have easily won. Obviously, Maxwell's going to win that. Canada, look, uh, science was really quick chasing Max. Ferrari did look very good there. Monaco, they're winning without the issue. Like Leclerc's winning that easy from pole without the strategy. And Spain, they're going to win. So it has, if you look at the actual pace of the season, it has changed a lot between Red Bull and Ferrari, who's best. Uh, it's just until yesterday, it was Red Bull seemed to be the ones, and especially in Max's hands, getting all the points. But uh, yeah, it's little bit concerning that they're mm. uh, they're they're very very good uh, it's still quite a big a big points gap but never say never especially with the reliability but i did read one thing that red bull had new upgrades uh, and apparently they've added 10 kilos of weight yes, to the car with well, their upgrades yeah. which is probably not helping matters either <laughs> No. Yeah, I think you're bang on when you say like the amount of reliability issues or strategy issues has definitely skewed the perception of like, oh, Rebel are just going to run away with everything because Ferrari have always been quick, but they've just had all of these issues that meant they haven't reached the checkered flag or it's affected their pace or whatever, and they've not finished within the podium or whatever. So yeah, I think it's a mix of things, but I was surprised that Verstappen didn't run away with the victory but also shout out to Charles Leclerc because we've said through the first few races of the season like Max Verstappen we know he's Mr. Aggressive when it comes to his driving style like he is we've not some people haven't seen anything like it but um yeah fair play to Charles Leclerc playing at him at his own game perhaps it was the desperation because he's had such a poor form of like last five races and he's been speaking all weekend about how much he like desperately needed that victory um but yeah absolutely brilliant and i'm actually really happy to see charlotte Clerk back on the top step so there yeah, you go that again. checks in the, that again. Checks in the post that again. Yeah, yeah, keep, keep going i'm really <laughs> yeah, enjoying yeah. it i'm really enjoying it <laughs> tommy not so much uh, <laughs> uh next question from k underscore moreiro how do you think Ferrari will manage their drivers for the second half of the season as neither driver wants to be labeled as the second driver and we've seen evidence of drivers sometimes overriding team orders. Well, Ferrari, again, have another opportunity now to, inst- like, what's the word, instill in the team that Carlos needs to support Charles Leclerc. He's lost 25 points. He was 11 behind Leclerc. He's now 36. Again, it just needs to be a clear, like, science doesn't have to fall off the road every single time 
Leclerc's behind him, but there needs to be a, okay, well, look, in three, four laps, if you're not as quick as Leclerc and he's behind you, you have to let him through. And it's as simple as that. And they have to put their front, uh, their strongest foot forward. And that is Charles Leclerc this season. I don't necessarily think Sainz will disobey. I think Sainz was absolutely right in that situation in Silverstone to disobey the team order that, that was made to him, where as much as it hurt me to say where he was told to leave 10 car lengths behind Leclerc for the safety car and try and try and protect Leclerc. Now that was Ferrari's mistake of not pitting Leclerc signs knows that, you know, there's a very fast Hamilton behind me. There's Perez as well. If I get overtaken, neither of us are winning this race. So signs was absolutely right to disobey that team order, but we've also seen signs obey a lot of team orders as well. When Ferrari have said swap the cars, but the problem is, is that cutthroat telling him to swap the cars. It's always target lap time this, target lap time that. There's delay. There's all, oh, do we do it? Do we not? But I think Sainz has actually been a very cooperative teammate when he's been told to do something. So I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of problems there as long as Ferrari are sort of set and... Get a backbone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just make the decision. Very much so. I mean, Carlos is, you know put in his own strategies with Monaco, for example. So the guy clearly must have some sort of, you know, like the angel and the devil, like he's got someone on each side saying, Carlos, don't do it. Don't follow their instructions. Another one being like, okay, that's okay. You can follow that one. But um, I'm surprised Ferrari haven't implemented something sooner because, I mean, coming into this season, we did a whole evaluation of who's got the strongest teammate pairings. And I think we all agree that Ferrari had the strongest coming into 2022. Surely Ferrari knew that. And we said from the start, you know, I think Ferrari's pro- biggest problem, obviously we didn't foresee <laughs> how unreliable the cars were going to be and that them catching fire halfway through a Grand Prix, but um, that their biggest problem was that both of them are super competitive and they're going to keep taking points off of each other. And if Max Verstappen is like, you know, on a charge and Perez wasn't performing, which we have seen him do so far this year, he's actually had quite a decent year, which is good to see. Um, but it would just be like Max was just going to run away with the championship because the Ferrari boys are squabbling over who gets what position and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. I always imagine Ferrari, like, or think back to Ferrari being quite a cutthroat team. Like, look back at Schumacher and Barrichello days. It was very much like, Rubens, sling your rope, get out of the way, Schumi's coming through. And I don't know what, like, if the philosophy and the team has changed or whatever it is, but um, I can't, I just don't understand why they haven't just, like, taken a step back from everything and said, if we want to win this championship... I think Charles Leclerc is the better of the two options. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. Love Carlos. think he's a brilliant driver. But Charles Leclerc's the one in that team that is probably the most likely to take the championship title to max. Like we saw it in the first four races or three races of the season where they're both the ones fighting in the front and Charles, uh, Carlos Sainz is in a gravel trap somewhere. So, you know, I think they just need to chop, chop, get on with it and make this decision. Otherwise, yeah, Max is probably just going to run off with it and it'll be another year of people going, you know, mamma mia, Ferrari have messed up again. <laughs> you actually mentioned very quickly about the uh, the Schumacher-Barrichello uh, relationship. And I, and I just had a thought that perhaps it was the fact that Michael Schumacher, who was obviously, you know, my goat, um, commanded that from Ferrari. It was written so in the second driver's he, contracts as yeah, well. Exactly. So I feel like Michael Schumacher had a much 
probably a much stronger personality in the sense of saying, I want this, this, and this, and I will get you a championship. I don't think Charles Leclerc's in that particular uh, moment in his career. He hasn't won a world championship. Yeah, he is too nice because there's no way in hell, if you went back 15 years or whatever, Ross Braun's waving his finger at Michael Schumacher after he gets out the car. Like There is that kind of hierarchy there where Leclerc's still in that kind of phase of, oh, I'm so lucky to drive for Ferrari. Obviously, there are frustrations that are seeping through. But as soon as Leclerc starts winning world titles, Ferrari don't really have a leg to stand we on. We need our Charles Leclerc villain era. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. We really do. He needs, have you... Just, just yeah. follow, yeah. follow his footsteps. Oh, talking but... of Charles Leclerc. Sorry, Tommy. Also, have you seen the stuff that he likes on Twitter, Charles Leclerc? Oh, God. He, no, he liked what? something the other day of it was like oh, no. Leclerc as a croc. <laughs> like a shoe. And he just likes the most random stuff, and it just really cracks me up. And I had to mention it on the podcast because otherwise I forget. He like he likes something the other day. Searching for it. He liked something, and it was a picture of Pierre Gasly as a woman, and it was like, oh my god, Yuki's girlfriend is so cute. Oh my! He likes the what? most random stuff. It's what so is funny. This? I've just seen. The it's, pedal of Charles Leclerc, and it's a man's head through one of those garden chairs. <laughs> what? Yeah, he, I've, I have so heard funny. this before that I need to go through his Charles Leclerc. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I love how that's, we're like, yeah, he needs to command himself, Katie. Villain oh, era. Likes, uh, Villain era, him. Also, he likes liking random pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have to prioritize Leclerc now. Maybe this isn't a popular opinion, but. Dare I say, science, uh, the 25 point swing in Leclerc's favor could be a blessing in disguise for Ferrari. That it's like, for me, science fans won't want to hear this, but he's out of it now. He's 75 points behind Verstappen. I know he's not a huge amount behind um, Charles, but 75 points behind Verstappen is taking a monumental effort to win the title with half the season left. So they have to prioritize Leclerc and they have to get every single point. I think the sprint, for example, showed, and especially you saw their race pace at the end, Leclerc could have won that sprint if they hadn't have been fighting. Uh, he definitely would have been on max at the end. Uh, but they wasted too much time fighting. It probably took a bit out of Leclerc's tires as well. And this season, yeah, Ferrari do need to just make sure they get the maximum with Charles Leclerc every race now uh, if they want to overhaul what is it 38 points is it now um so yeah it's a big it's a big gap but certainly not an impossible gap to uh, get rid of especially with all the reliability which concerns me the most because i don't remember a season where so many of the big guns the the top two teams i mean i'm sure we'll go into this later but Mercedes they shouldn't be anywhere near them in the title but they always seem to pick up the best possible result and uh it always seems that at least one of the the top two teams end up blowing up or having some kind of issue I think it is a a little bit ominous from a looking to the future of Formula One side where Mercedes us just creeping forward in terms of pace. They're, they're understanding their car every single race weekend. And we haven't seen, have we seen any reliability issues for, for Mercedes? I mean, Hamilton's finished every single race. Yeah. No, um, and they've been picking up points left, right and center. Of course, yeah, no, Russell was having 
uh, the massive point uh, top five street, wasn't he, the whole year until he had that crash. So we've not seen one reliability issue for Mercedes in the race, which is very ominous when you've got the likes of Red Bull and Ferrari, who are very quick at the moment, but having these problems, which cost them a lot of points uh, through some weekends. This sums it up that Mercedes, if you think that Red Bull and Ferrari are without doubt clear of Mercedes. I don't think there's really been one race, maybe you could argue Silverstone, where the Mercedes is anywhere near them. Um, So in a normal race, all Mercedes can hope for is fifth and sixth. And out of 11 races, they've got seven podiums. That's crazy. It's unbelievable, isn't it? That is mad. George Russell is still only five points behind Carlos Sainz after, what is it, 11 (laughs) races now? Yeah, that's mad. That is actually mad. That's crazy. And that Um, every race, you know, you you just run a race simulation normally without any retirements. They're 30 seconds behind the Ferraris and Red Bulls at the flag every single race. And they've got seven podiums. (laughs) Mercedes are only 66 points behind Ferrari in the constructors which like Damn. when you think you can get a maximum of what like 44 whatever it is yeah like, that's that's insane like mercedes are so far clear of mclaren in fourth it's an outrage if mercedes for whatever it's, reason it's scary that, unbelievable yeah, in the second half that's of the what season, scares me they could win the constructors like you just you don't know like it's it's especially <laughs> with these these measures coming in that are potentially going to hinder both red bull and ferrari look i'm just saying they're not out of it until they're mathematically out of it. They're picking up <laughs> far too many points. And uh, well, look, I think they are also sitting quite quietly and happily thinking, well, look, if this is a horrendous season for us and we are picking up this many points, then, then they'll take it. Um, but yeah, we've still got plenty of races to go. Plenty of races to go. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. I myself have watched many motorsport films that aren't available in my country. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located. Open the app, select a location, tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows and movies. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. Watch Doctor Who on UK Netflix or watch anime on Japanese Netflix. And this can work with any streaming service, not just Netflix. You've got Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube and so on. So why should you choose ExpressVPN over other VPNs? Well, you can stream in HD, no problem. No buffering or lag. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, anything you can think of pretty much. Not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. All you have to do is go to expressvpn.com WTF1 to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Right, moving on. Katie, three-word race review, please. Mine is track limits joke. And that is in relation, funnily enough, to the track limits. <laughs> not, not. Yeah. Oh, I thought you, you said track oh, limits. Sorry. No, yeah. Oh, I see if I had a joke about track limits. <laughs> oh, I really need that caffeine. Um, but yeah, it, it really did go right over. So yeah, during the race, just the race, there were 43 cases of track limits, which is just an insane number, mainly around turn nine and turn 10. There are a few turn ones in there. Um, 
but four drivers ended up getting penalties for it during the race. That was Pierre Gasly, Guan Yu Zhou, Lando Norris, and Sebastian Vettel. Um, Sebastian Vettel found out, he got his like really towards the end of the Grand Prix and found out in the media pen that he'd been given a five second penalty, but it didn't matter because he was last anyway. So, um, but yeah, lots of drivers having a lot to say about track limits and how it was just ridiculous that they were being penalized because they weren't gaining an advantage from where they were going off on the track. Marcus Ericsson and Roman Grosjean were having a conversation on the Friday, I think during qualifying about how um, track limits is an absolute joke. And Austria especially is like a real sucker for um, having all this track limits controversy. But yeah, I just think it was a bit ridiculous, really. It's, it's, it's weird to think, isn't it, that track limits now is is a problem for the other side of what we've all been asking for since uh, we've had these questionable decisions and, and whatnot. We now have a hard and fast rule of the white line is the track. And if you go past it with more than two wheels, you are off the track. Um, are you saying Austria- bring back Michael Massey? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Or, or how to fans just shit then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went, <laughs> it was a motor race. It really was. Uh, but um, I think Austria as a whole is something that we've seen problems with anyway. Like last year, we had a huge amount of penalties and warnings handed out. So it's not like this year is the only example we've seen of this. And we've actually got a video coming out, uh, which you may well see uh, all about track limits. So if you want to find out a bit more about that um, and why we saw so many. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm a fan of it, to be honest with you. I think it just, it just needs to be policed in one particular way and be consistent. The problem is that consistent word that I just said. Perez was interviewed after he got his... Uh, Q2 lap time deleted, which put him down to to 13th. And he said basically that some people are caught and some people aren't. So there was a lot Mm -hmm. of conversation about Verstappen's pole lap and how he was very marginal to extending after turn nine. And Perez saying that some people get caught, some people don't, just shows that you can't have a hard and fast rule of the white lines defined as the track if they can't police it for everybody at all times, which then goes back to, well, what, why, what is judging these track limit penalties? Is it people watching it going, yes, no, no, yes? Or have we got sensors? Like, if we don't, uh, there must be sensors in the car. I think car there, are, there are sensors in the car. But, but I'm certain there are. But how are some people getting caught and some people not? This is the pinnacle maybe of motorsport. Taking the and, batteries out. <laughs> yeah, maybe they've thrown the sensor off and, oh, or maybe they've moved it slightly over. But oh my God, imagine. imagine. Oh my God, the controversy. <gasps> the drama. FIA, go check now. Uh, but how is it not easily managed? Like, stick a drone up in the air, hire an intern, and they can just watch it. You know, they, I don't know. Obviously, that's probably not ideal. You don't want a drone. But then, to be fair, they've been loving drones in Spain. I haven't seen that come back since. To be fair, anyway, Good, I'm going I got off on a tangent. Sick. Yeah, that was a bit weird. But why? Why this is literally the pinnacle of motorsport. It's bill. It's worth billions of pounds. Why can we not? like just get an accurate measure the fact Perez says some people get caught some people don't is a bad problem uh, because some people are getting away with it that's the problem isn't it that the tracks have evolved too much to allow you like they've got all this runoff Austria in particular yes it's got gravel and grass but every curb they put you know a, a, a flat curb to the side and then another bit of uh sort of runoff area if you like even if it's only tiny and then gravel so you can still run wide 
and it doesn't affect your lap times. You mentioned Marcus Ericsson, Katie. He tweeted, build tracks you don't gain by going over the white lines, end of tweet. Um, which obviously in an ideal world is great, but if you, cause if you Super look back, <laughs> well, Paul yeah. Ricard is meant to have that. It's got a track surface where you go over yeah. it and it like basically ruins your tires. But just the get, problem get is stick and just go around the track. You know? Yeah. But the problem is it's too like you can, you can run wide on a curb and be so like a millimeter off and it is really difficult. Um, they need, like, you know, operation when you touch it and it goes, that's what they need. It goes <laughs> like a, a big tannoy every time yeah, someone goes the, the race actually gets an electric shock every time someone goes off. And, and the Can we bring back Michael Massey then? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Massey. To be fair, these, these suggestions sound like Bernie Ecclestone right now. They really do. Uh, yeah, let's get the, the sprinklers the, out as well. However much we obviously roast roast it yeah. it is really difficult because it's not like football where there's one football and you know if you go out of the pitch everyone can see it you know 20 cars going around a track in a qualifying session all these different corners all these different scenarios it's it's so difficult um the perfect solution is just to if you look at like old street tracks <laughs> well yeah street circuits which we don't want not for all of them or wow you know the gravel speaks out yeah gravel goes right to the edge of the track um because then you're not gaining uh but the problem is they won't do that so it's it's difficult and also you have the conversation as well of how punishing do you want the tracks to be like well, remember Red Bull Ring had those curbs that obliterated it i mean oh my god sausage curbs by the way that you you you've not timed that video any better for another incident where in the WC, if you've not seen it, someone runs wide at Monza. All they should be doing is just sliding off the track and they'd hit a sausage curb. It blows the door off completely. And then they flip into the air. It's terrifying. Yeah, the and door just, just explodes. The door like, explodes. It's ridic- yeah. I, I was like, what? What's happened? Um, but yeah, the sausage, he, he went in far too fast yeah yeah let's be but real but you like still, you shouldn't be you shouldn't punished be, yeah. as if you've just hit a wall or something it's yeah. uh yeah very dangerous get rid of sausage curves hashtag hashtag what should we get what should we call it no sausages no right sausages <laughs> hashtag no Frank. sausages yeah we like sausage dogs they they can yeah they can go to formula one races but not not the sausage curves um question from team WTF1 member Max S. With the amount of track limit penalties being handed out across F1, F2 and F3, does this suggest more of an issue with the track or driver visibility? I love how it's or. I'd say and. Um, and or. <laughs> yeah, there's been obviously a lot of spe- uh, speaking. There's been a lot of speaking, uh, a lot of talk around driver visibility. Ricardo's come out and said a little bit about how difficult it is to to, to kind of place your car with all the extra bits and the wheel winglets and things like that. Like the vis- driver visibility is getting worse. And of course you still have the halo and things, all things that are slightly obscuring and obstructing uh, visibility. Uh, the track as well, as we've mentioned is kind of does breed penalties and does breed drivers going off and, and trying to take advantage, especially around uh, turns nine and 10. Um, but, I don't think we'll see it all year. We haven't really seen a huge amount in, on the run up to Austria. So I wouldn't say that driver visibility is the key thing here. It, it seems to be the track. Austria just seems to love a track extend and drivers seem to never seem to like realize or change anything about it. 
yeah it is it is this track um but luckily it's paul rickard next which has oh wait miles and miles of runoff but then apparently they're meant to slow the it cars down, down. But, yeah. but but again it's not right to the edge of the track so you're still going to have that problem where people go onto the curb and have 0.1 of a millimeter of their tire still on the that's a lot of game on the, on the track and it's and it's just it needs 10 seconds a lap that's the thing it is we as fans want it to just be like black and white you know clear as day if you go off you go off but then it does get to that ridiculous situation where point one of a millimeter on and point one of a millimeter off is like not you're not gaining loads of time but then it's like i guess they're the rules but we've asked for this tommy We've, we've, you know, we have, we've we made to lay in our bed. Like, yeah. <laughs> F2 is really bad as well. I mean, they just, they just, right at the end of the race, they're just like five seconds, just that, <laughs> that Leonardo DiCaprio meme Making where he's throwing all the money. Yeah. Um, it was bad, but this track is definitely worse for it, no doubt. Yeah. I don't understand. Like you say, this is, it's been more of a thing in Austria, but then we've also talked about track limits. Like even last year in Bahrain, when was it Verstappen got a penalty for going over track limits? And then there was literally on boards of like every other car in the midfield doing it and it wasn't picked up at all. So I guess at least the FIA keeping an eye on the midfield because it was quite a lot of midfield cars that were getting penalised for it. But the drivers didn't seem to be having much of a clue what was going on either. Like Hamilton's on the radio, they're saying, oh, you know, you're really close to getting told off here for track limits. And he's like, what? I haven't done anything. So either he's like playing innocent or like genuinely the drivers don't even realize what they're doing is wrong, but I don't know which side to take that. So I'm going to sit on the fence. Well, I think it's very hard little... for Hamilton to see though, isn't it? Like yeah. When, yeah. When, you, when you saw yeah, you how, can't... how much he was extending by, you know, that amount. Think how difficult it is to get into a like Bay parking and you can't see what's going on. <laughs> like let alone well, in an F1 car. <laughs> well, imagine if you think that, there was that screenshot going around, wasn't there, after qualifying of Max, and it looked like his tire was maybe the tiniest bit off. And some people were saying, "Yes, it is. Yes, it isn't." And that was really hard to judge. Imagine being in the cockpit; you can't tell. Not no. You you, you have no idea, and that, that just shows that they're not doing it deliberately. They just are doing it. And until there's, like you say, gravel there that they can't do it, or something like that, or a ridiculous um i don't know it's because the curbs are flat like it's the nature it is the nature yeah that's the thing it's the nature of the circuit that they're flying into these corners and sometimes you go in too hot and you get a little bit of a swapper on and you'll actually lose time because you'll you'll make a little correction run wide and then that's your time deleted or your first warning to me i'd love to watch a full well, it'd be quite boring, but full onboard of every, like the the main drivers, because Max, Charles, and I think Lewis as well, all got the warnings quite early on. The club especially. Yeah, yeah and it, was, it was very early on and then conveniently never again. And I and they're like, really? Are you telling me not one lap of yeah. those like remaining 50 laps did they go slightly wide? Or whether, yeah, or whether they're just like, 
yeah, this is ridiculous. Give some midfield cars because they don't care. We don't care <laughs> yeah, about them. But we don't do want to. He's already lost. Yeah, we don't want to affect the championship, mate. You just yeah, know Charles did a Max it twice Verstappen and then fan. never again. You just know a Max Verstappen fan on Twitter will have watched that Leclerc on board and seen something where he went one oh, millimeter God. wide and lap yeah, forty two. Yeah. That's what it was like last <laughs> year, wasn't it? Where every Stan page analyzes their rival drive, whether that's Hamilton oh, and Verstappen or Leclerc and Verstappen or Verstappen and Hamilton or whatever. Um, everyone's rival is Verstappen, apparently. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Th- this is one of those issues where we'll probably not mention it again until we're next at the Red Bull ring and it'll come up again. It certainly will. Uh, Team WTF1 member Wexy. Should Red Bull ring do some changes to the track so track limits would not be so much of an issue or should the rules be relaxed? Oh, God, we've literally come full circle now. Where people are like, yeah. no, let's relax the track limit rules. It's a bit too much now. Uh, it's either one or the other, unfortunately. We either don't care about track limits and people can want, run as wide as they want and then it's a level playing field for everybody or we have to stick with the white lines. And unfortunately, I think <laughs> the white lines is better than it being yeah. a bit of a farce. Uh, have you ever with- watched an IndyCar race at Cota? Have you seen that? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't They do not do track limits. So you know that final uh, double left hand? Oh, yeah, no, they Dakota, go really wide, They go they? really wide, yeah, and they just, they just allow everyone to do it. And it, it's like they're making up their own circuit. And for me, that does look farcical because you're like, you, you're just watching it like, that's not the track, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah I think we have a, to... Lesser of two evils, I think. Old, uh, stick on the old track. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what Rebel could really do apart from what we've suggested, where somehow everything past the white line is is slower. But it's going to take a lot of money for something that, you know, is it really that much of an issue if people get penalties for not following the rules? I don't know. Obviously, there's a lot of warnings being flown around. A lot of people it... that did follow the rules, so yeah, it can be exactly. done. Exactly. Uh, as long as the rules are followed and... Um, analyzed by every, someone within the FIA and it's consistent yeah. then it's fine but like George Russell didn't get a single one I'm just trying to pick out drivers of course that didn't George get didn't of course, course George, George didn't I mean that what a man he's like the prefect he's literally like head boy vibes yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, I'd never do that uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like that. selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. 
That's very posh, George Russell. Uh, moving on now uh, to someone who scored some beautiful points. Tommy, what's your three-word review? My three-word review. I don't know. What that was. <laughs> <laughs> Survive. I was just dancing on the thing. <laughs> uh, my three-word review is welcome, Mick Schumacher. And this is, I've obviously been very, very critical, maybe more than most, of Mick Schumacher. Uh, but to be fair, how many times have you called him washed so far this season? Exactly, a lot. <laughs> My washed counter is high with Mick, but he was very, very bad at the start of the season, and it had to be said his his drive was under threat and his career was under threat. But that's now, you know, if you finish that race in Canada, he's probably picking up points. So you could say that's three races in a row where he's probably picking up points and definitely picked up points in the last two. And yeah, an amazing result in P six. Uh, I think he got maybe a little, uh, it was behind Magnussen, but I think he had a had an engine issue or something. But Ma- uh, Mick Schumacher's picking up points now. And what I love to see, I know this has been mentioned a hundred times, but that interview with Sky after in the press pen after the um, sprint race when he felt that Magnussen hadn't given the DRS, Michael Schumacher just possessed him like he just became Michael Schumacher like his spirit was like in him and it was like oh my god I've never seen this side he looks because I know people say he looks like Michael but when he is annoyed oh my word he looks like Michael Schumacher a lot and you know don't get me wrong I love seeing the wholesome Mick and oh playing with Roscoe and all this kind of cutesy stuff but my God, that was cool to see him really like this means a lot to me and I want to win and I want to. And for me, like I've wanted to see that some, is it fire in your belly? Is that the phrase? Yeah. But yeah. That's a phrase. That, that is, is a phrase. Don't that ask is Casey. actually a phrase. Don't ask Casey. <laughs> she, uh... <laughs> but that is a phrase. And that's what I've wanted to see from him. And and that, to to see that, I was like, yes, Mick, this is what we want to see. And then, you know, put on an amazing drive. Uh, making some brilliant moves, defending well, uh, attacking well, and yeah, amazing to get get a P6 when I thought Haas would actually be going backwards at the stage. Yeah, be very very washed. No, it's great to see Mick uh, performing to the level that he is right now. Uh, it was very concerning uh, for a lot of this season seeing how he was performing compared to to Magnussen. I'm not sure what's really changed for him. Um, but yeah, that interview was was quite telling. And I think being nice doesn't really get you many places in Formula One, especially if your teammates not doing things that you expect of him and, and stuff like that. You have to stand up for yourself and you have to stand up to the team sometimes. Uh, but Mick, yeah, P6, he's growing in confidence and it has to be the biggest turnaround of the season by an absolute country mile. Like, I don't know how he's now finishing so heavily in the points after what we've seen of him uh, for a lot of the season. But yeah, I now, you know, all Tommy's, you know, going, oh, he's out, he's going to be out of Formula One, you know, he's, he's finished, he's, you know, etc. Now I'm like, well, God, if him and Leclerc go in the same team, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> literally, yeah. What a turnaround. Wow. Yeah, genuinely. But obviously he still has a lot to do. He still has to continue mm. this, this run of form because he did have a pretty bad uh, first third of the season. Uh, oh, but yeah. if he can continue this, mo- uh, this momentum, Mick is all of a sudden 
asking for a better drive. Well, I say better drive. Haas is actually a decent car at the moment, which <laughs> doesn't make much sense considering they are the team that have probably done the least upgrades of anybody on the grid. Uh, but it shows that this year, upgrades don't necessarily mean pace. This is true. I mean, talking about his Sky interview on the Saturday and how much he like was channeling Michael, like honestly, watching that clip is quite scary because he's just so similar did you see his interview with f1 after the race where he got told he got drive of the day it made me it made me feel quite emotional actually because he just was so like he was like the emoji you know where he's got like the pleading eyes and like it was just a really cute little emoji <laughs> face that he pulled do you know the one i mean wholesome eyes kind of thing um but yeah I mean we've criticized him a lot on the podcast and to be fair I'm not going to backtrack it because I think the criticism was valid at the time you know we've said oh he's too aggressive you know Mick why are you racing like that when you're not even in the points like blah blah blah. but to be fair to him he's stuck to his racing style which is quite aggressive and like elbows out argy-bargy kind of vibe um and it's actually paid off for this weekend and in Silverstone as well. You kind of touched upon it there. I don't know if we'll mention it later, but Kevin said that he was also having engine issues and was worried that his engine was going to blow up, which, I mean, if you're Ferrari, you're probably thinking, uh-oh, not another one. Um, but, yeah, he's done such a brilliant job, and it's just a really nice story to see him doing well because I don't think there are many people out there that don't want to see the Schumacher name back in F1 and actually getting points and not kind of being like... Um, given slander it's just a no, nice we don't awesome want, story we don't want shumi slander that's not no. something that uh, that i enjoy personally and i don't think many people did uh, they probably muted tommy as soon as uh, mick was uh, was mentioned um <laughs> but uh, but yeah i i also want to just very quickly mention how good his defense on hamilton was in the sprint and i thought that that was you know absolutely sensational from mick and we have seen little bits of that before i, I remember when he had his hass Hungary uh, very much just out the blue was kind of in the midfield and he you know fought very hard for every position so Mick definitely has that edge to him as well when it comes to defending he knows where to place his car and it was very promising to see that you know he's able to keep Hamilton behind for so long obviously that Mercedes is very draggy and it was not the easiest car uh, to use as a as an overtake uh, bit of machinery but uh, Mick was doing a very good job and of course you know when he lost DRS he lost the position but overall Great performance from Mick. And a question from Team WTF1 member B. Suspiels. I'm sorry about that. Definitely, that's not gone well. Has Mick fully turned it around or can there be setbacks for him and Haas? Very open question that. Uh, I think we just have to go off the uh, recent run of form. You're only as good as your last race. All that good stuff. Um, I think Mick has turned it around for now. It's not like he lucked into that P6. He had a good qualifying, was on a par with K-Mag and produced in both the sprint race and the main race. So I don't think we can say that, oh, you know, it's an Ocon Hungary win or anything where, you know, a lot of things have gone in his favour. Haas, for whatever reason, at some tracks, just rock up and they're like, hey, yeah, we are the top midfield car. Another time, they may well be out in Q1 in France. You just don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean fully fully turned it around I don't know if I'd say fully like partially turned it around I think I mean fully turned around would be if we're talking about this in like another five races time and he's getting those points banging them in like I think then maybe fully turned it around because the first half or first part third I think you called it earlier of the season was pretty chaotic and disastrous I mean he like split the two the car in half twice 
from his mistakes. So I think although getting a few points is going to be great, I think Hassanel seventh in the Constructors' Championship. So, you know, his points bringing them in is going to be helping with Haas. And we all know that they um, have struggled financially over the last few years. So any kind of championship points is going to be it's going to be a happy Gunter at the end of it. But um, yeah, I think he may be to say fully turned around, needs to do a little bit more, a bit more consistent point scoring. Um, but don't take away from the fact that he did a wonderful job this weekend and he should be very, very proud. Yeah, he, he needs to, I think by the end of the season, we're hoping that he beats Magnuson maybe on a more regular basis. Uh you know, Magnuson was ahead of him during the race, and it sounds like he had a bit of an issue. But it doesn't. It's not like a yes. He has turned the season around, but it's very hard to just completely like, you know, flip your entire season and become from being the most washed driver to being the greatest ever. Um, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. It's just not going to happen. But. He's done what he needs to do and just picking up those points when the Haas is good. And um, yeah, hopefully by the end of the season, I think to to kind of, if he wants to be showing maybe a, a better team, I mean, the only better team I can really see him going to is Ferrari and that is the, well, the joint best team at the moment. So um, I think that's a bit ambitious still, but he'll need to sort of show he can, beat Kevin Magnussen on a regular basis. So I think that's his next step towards the end of the season that he starts sort of beating Magnussen. Yeah, 100%. If he does, I think I said in uh, in Internet Special Reactions, like K-Mag isn't the goat. Like this isn't like if Mick beats K-Mag, he is the greatest driver ever. He yeah, needs exactly. to be consistently beating K-Mag. And then you start to think, right, well, what next for Mick? Um, but yeah. Maybe let's... Alpha? if he was to do anything, I don't think he'd do like a Leclerc and go from like a bottom team with Sauber to straight to Ferrari. I think that's no. a bit ambitious. And but also then, they've both got Carlos and Leclerc there for ages now. But is Alpha really that much of an upgrade? And also true, that's we've, true. they've shown the fact that they got rid of Geo kind of showed that they're not that much of a Ferrari B team like people think they are anymore. So I think if Haas are on the up and they genuinely can fight for points, then I think for Mick and how this whole, uh, you know, sort of not messaging, but like how he always takes like a year or two to warm up. I think for him, it'd be better if he just stays in the same team, continues to grow his confidence. And then if he genuinely has proved himself, then he's allowed to step up. But I, if, yeah, it's kind of like a sideways step, if anything, moving to, to somewhere like Alpha, unless they wanted to, test him against Bottas, for yeah, example, and find out, okay, well, how fast is he actually in qualifying? How fast mm. is he in the race? Bottas is a great benchmark to to go up against. So, yeah, I think maybe that could be one reason he'd go sideways. Uh, but no, it's certainly not a massive performance step up, I'd say, uh, for uh, uh, to go to Alpha. Um, so, yeah, moving on from Mick Schumacher now. Well done, Mick. Congrats. Your first podcast where we've actually been nice uh, about you collectively. Um <laughs> Let's move on to uh, an incident that happened with Carlos Sainz, who, of course, DNF'd from the race just before he was about to pass Max Verstappen. I have a feeling Tommy may have ripped the uh, uh, Ferrari onesie uh, immediately off of Grace, and that's what happened. It was then throttle issues for Leclerc and Sainz uh, having an engine blowout, but thankfully just about held on. The uh, curse was strong uh, for Leclerc, but he <laughs> just about uh, held on. But yeah, lost 873 underscore. Why were the marshals so slow 
getting to signs. It was a bit chaotic, wasn't it? I haven't actually watched it back since uh, we observed. I need to send you a clip and I will okay. talk about it after this. After, But yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, well, it looked very chaotic. Uh, one of the marshals ran away. Uh, which was um, that, that was the clip I was going to send you. Uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a someone's actually like, you know, zoomed in on it. Oh my word, it's so it was, bad. Did he run away because he wasn't suitably dressed for dealing with a fire? Did he have his did like have fire yeah. helmet on? Did he, yeah, it's hard if you to, need know. to get the equipment. If it was a small fire at the back, then you could be forgiven for thinking I could tackle that with the fire extinguisher. It's no problem. But when the whole car pretty much caught a light, you probably think. Christ, okay, I need to get my gloves, I need to get my helmet, I need to get my it was weird priority levels, whatever. It? Yeah, it's the way he sort of ran towards it, put a fire extinguisher down, and then walked off. When you, the car when is the cars, in flames. Yeah, it doesn't look good. <sighs> it obviously looks really poor in a video. We don't know the whole story. I'm sure there's no doubt they're going to have to investigate that because 100%. marshals, you know, marshals at the end of the day, they can't, you know, we can't go racing without them. They're amazing that they put their you know they don't get paid to do it no it's the the pure enjoyment of formula one and don't get me wrong um you know it'd be a cool thing to do but i would probably be that same person that would crap my pants and go oh my god there's a car on fire nope um but at the end of the day you can't do that because it's the marshals you rely on the marshals to to sort these things out. And it was a very unfortunate incident, the fact that he was parked. So there's no oh, yeah. handbrake in a Formula One car. You roll up the hill. And then he was like rolling down. He needed to get out, but it's hard to get out because the car's rolling. He needed someone to stop, but then the car's on fire. And then it doesn't look great. We'll, there'll be an investigation. And I'm sure we'll learn the whole story because like I say, it's hard to, you don't want to, sort of go oh my god this person is ridiculous because like you say it might be the fact that he's there's he's not the one trained for it or or something like that or not got the equipment to do it and it's the other person's responsibility but it did look a bit of a mess that you just had essentially like four marshals watching and it was only one guy that ended up going over trying to help science out the car and then put the fire out so not great yeah it's uh i highly doubt uh, the guy has uh, crapped his pants, as you say, and uh, and and run away. Uh, I think that the, the problem was that he had the fire extinguisher in his hands, and there wasn't that instinct to go. Yes, I should probably put the fire out. This is the immediate danger. Are there not two types of fire extinguishers as well? He might have taken the wrong one. Like I'm just trying to think mm. of when I had like training at my old work. Yeah, there there's are, a different there are one of like different types. A near electronics. And then there's a different one if it's like a different, I don't know. I could be wrong there, but I feel like that's what happened with Grosjean as well in 2020 is that a fire, a marshal went over and didn't have the right fire extinguisher. I think I'm remembering that right. But he also had to get like slats to hold the car in place. So perhaps he'd run and then remembered I haven't got those because otherwise it's going to roll down the hill. But yeah, there seems to be a lot of working elements to it, but it doesn't take away the fact that it was bloody scary watching it, like watching him struggle to get out of a car that's on fire. Yeah, it was very sketchy. Not nice. I think the thing was they looked unprepared for something that was going to happen in some regard. Like if a car stops there, they're going to roll down the hill. So mm. like that process, if they've forgotten the stopper, isn't particularly forgivable when that's going to happen if a car stops there. I know that obviously they might think they'll go in the gravel or whatever. And obviously Carlos maybe hasn't thought at that particular time to park in the gravel because of you know the car being on fire. 
Um, but yeah, it was obviously unfortunate that he went on that side because then he started rolling back. But there definitely, as Tommy says, needs to be an investigation as to what went wrong, why weren't they ready, what needs to be done in the future. Because at the end of the day, yeah, they are amazing and they volunteer and it's you know without them as you say we can't go racing but there still has to be the parameters in place that they can save the driver when necessary and it was a very sketchy to say the least um next question kate underscore whitehurst uh, so we move away from carlos signs now to george russell and the uh the crash he had with sergio perez on the first lap was the russell penalty unfair should it have been considered a first lap racing incident if he didn't take the penalty would he have beaten hamilton was the Russell penalty unfair? I penalties are a weird thing because they're not supposed to take into account circumstance, but they one hundred percent take into account circumstance. They're, I mean, it, it, they just do. Like it's not just a hard and fast. You push someone wide, you get a penalty. It's oh, okay. Well, Perez is in the gravel and he's now last and he's now DNF'd. We can't just say that was a racing incident. There's. It, I have no doubt in my mind there is that level of, well, it's a bit unfair if he just drives off and keeps the position. So I think Russell did everything he possibly could to not crash with Perez on lap one. You think it's a heavy car. The tyres aren't up to temperature. He has got to the apex of that. Yeah, the, the, the actual curbing has washed his car slightly wide, but I think Perez is kind of six of one half dozen of the other, in my opinion, where he... He kind of comes in a little bit too early, in my opinion. Like we know that turn four, it it bottlenecks and two cars into one has not worked in the past. Perez has absolutely trusted that Russell hits the apex and maybe even literally rides inside the apex to not hit each other. I don't think Russell did a huge amount wrong, but at the same time, there's that feeling of, well, it's a bit unfair for Perez to lose everything, Russell to hit him. It's a very difficult scenario and a difficult uh thing to say this was the 100 the right thing but when you compare it to vettel and gasly like gasly completely screwed that up and 100 deserved the penalty they were two very mm. different incidents uh so for me i thought it was slightly unfair considering it was lap one and, every, and all of the circumstances taken into account it's it's hard to say it is it's a difficult one because you want to ask for consistency but at the same time, and like each incident is different. But I mean, unsurprisingly, George Russell said that he thought it was really harsh. He said, you were racing at the start and cars everywhere. Checo did a bold move going around the outside like that. He's done it before. I know he did it with Valtteri yesterday. And Valtteri had to get right on top of the curb to avoid him, which is exactly what I tried to do. But with Carlos ahead of me, it made things difficult. So, yeah, I mean, is it? Chance that Checo's ended up in the gravel at turn four two years in a row. Mm, I don't know. I think he just is super ambitious, but obviously it's not worked very well for him because it's just ruined his entire race. I think Ted Kravitz said that it like ripped a hole in his side pod or something, which is one of the reasons why he retired. And then George got damage as well. But I mean, George Russell is one of the people that's like calling for consistency as Mr. Consistent. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky one for me. Maybe it was fair because Perez literally ended up in the gravel and ended up having to retire from it. George did get damage as well, but, but that's the thing though, right? Like the saying that doesn't 
then equate to what the ruling is, where it's like, well, Perez yeah. is in the gravel, it's unfair, because that's not supposed to be what the penalty system is. I think they obviously need to change the wording if that is the case. It's just such a, like, Formula One and penalties. I'm, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not going to sit on the fence like you two, and I'm going to just say definitively it was harsh. Um, I agree with you, Matt. British the, bias. Yeah, a British bias. I think I said it was slightly unfair. I also yeah, said the you did. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I sit uh, on the fence. I, I, I agree that Gasly and... Better one is slam dunk because Gasly's running him a lot wider and you can see the actual point where they make contact. Whereas if you pause the point where they make contact, Sergio does still have room on the outs- outside. And for me, it's very ambitious to go for that move when it's no coincidence that it happens a lot. I mean, I've seen a lot of people doing it, like clipping it together with the Alban incident with Hamilton where it's identical um, and it's not, it's the way that way that corner goes. Maybe drivers just forget that that's the nature of the corner. It's an unusual one for different things. I personally think that George either got a penalty because one probably should have got a penalty in the last race for his turn one incident, uh, lap one incident, because uh, that was his fault in my opinion. And two, because Alex Albon got a penalty, which I thought was extremely harsh. And then you'd get to the situation where you're like, well, why is Albon getting a penalty there and George isn't? Yeah, Lando got a penalty last year and everyone said it was harsh. So I don't think, I I personally think that Checo's just got a bit too ambitious because my God, he was brilliant in that sprint and he was making some unbelievable overtakes, but maybe he just got a bit too cocky at the start and just needs to just maybe wait it's a long race ahead of him we've seen so many cars try and go around the outside of there and it doesn't work science is a great example in the sprint it happened with leclerc and he backed out because he knew if he's sticking like staying by the side of his teammate there he's going into the gravel it, it happens all the time so for me it is one of those just first lap incidents where it's the nature of the circuit. George isn't trying to run him off. And Checo is not, he's not done anything hugely wrong, but also he probably should just turn it down a little bit and wait because he's easily passing him in like DRS in two laps time. Yeah, 100%. He's obviously seen that and gone, well, I can be up to P4 here and I can be in the fight for the win for the or win, whatever, yeah. a podium. Uh, so I can understand his eagerness to do it. And funny enough, when I'm looking at the replay now, obviously you have those two going side by side. The two McLaren drivers did exactly the same thing a little bit further back. And you can notice that whoever's on the inside, I can't quite tell, it's quite zoomed out, is really up on the curb. Like they must have obviously gone, one, that's my teammate. And two, this is how you go around the corner. So there are a couple of drivers behind that have gone side by side in the midfield that obviously didn't end that way. It is such Uh, a different corner that turn four though, because it goes downhill. Yeah, and like you like you said earlier, naturally it like washes you wide. Like it's it's a lot. It's not like a natural hairpin where you can hug the inside the whole time. It like dips down. There's a big sort of drop, and it's always gonna like push you wide a little bit. And for me, I think he, he did give a fair bit of space. So yeah, it was it was very uh, very fine line. Uh, but I'm glad Tommy was at least definitive with his uh, <laughs> his answer. Right. Sorry. No, no, don't apologize. It's me as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next question. Oh, no, we actually didn't say if he didn't take the penalty, would he have beaten Hamilton? Um, 
it depends because then you go did if he wouldn't have had the incident he would have got damage and then maybe yeah, he yeah. would have because hamilton would have taken longer to get through yeah hamilton it's too many variables I yeah think. we finished 17 seconds behind hamilton uh did george and track position was reasonably crucial between uh when there's two cars of similar pace so potentially you know he had the he had track position over lewis but uh yeah that's a question we can't really answer i'm looking forward to seeing hamilton now he's not running these silly experimental flaws or whatever um just to see them two in a straight fight with each other uh, will be nice to see yeah as long as we don't keep hearing oh george is now running an experimental floor yeah, oh, well, lewis yeah. is whoever's losing oh, they, they use an experimental yeah. floor uh, so yeah, next question uh, from Spy Williams. Is it time for flares to go? Can't imagine how horrid it must be to be stuck in a grandstand, having potentially paid a lot of money for, covered in smoke and unable to see the race. Used to think the atmosphere added made, made it a possibly. Used to think the atmosphere added made it a possibly worth it, but feels a line has been crossed. One hundred percent flares need to be put in the bin. If I was sat in that grandstand on lap one. And it was like an, a smoke grenade had gone off. I would be absolutely fuming. I'd be sat in the grandstand going, <laughs> just trying to make a window so I could see, so I could see the, the cars. It, I understand like throwing a flare see. at the end of the race or whatever. I don't have a problem with really. Like Zandvoort was you know, on the line of, okay, this is a lot of smoke, but at least it was the end of the race. Having it at the start of the race where we saw the cars going through what was a literal smoke screen. Is, mm. is is asking for for a problem in my opinion it's dangerous if that smoke becomes even heavier and there's a crash in that area of the track and a car can't see the car in front of them then you know when are the fia when is formula one going to step in and say this can't happen and it just goes to show the security at tracks is not anywhere near what it should be because there's no way flares are allowed uh, to be in grandstands or coming into a formula one venue you can't even take a bottle of water into a formula one <laughs> venue let alone a flare uh, so yeah, I, as I say, don't really care so much if it goes off at the end of the race, it's quite cool. Oh, flare, whatever. But when they're actually racing is, is borderline bonkers. That's the worst I've seen it easily. That, that lap one, when they were coming around that past the Verstappen grandstand or whatever you want to call it, it was literally like in the nineties when you had a massive engine blowout and it covered the whole track in smoke and they'd wave yellow flags because you couldn't see. Um, I'm not seeing too many onboards. I don't even know if people have asked the drivers about it or anything like that. Um, but I've, I found something from last year where F1 drivers call for fans to minimize flare usage. But this was, and that was at the Dutch, that was after the Dutch Grand Prix, but this was far worse which makes me wonder what on earth is Sandfort going to be like this year if that was Austria. Um, it was really bad, really, really bad. And visibility yeah. is such an important thing in Formula One. We've said it, they don't see a lot anyway. And it's, it's a bit ridiculous and doesn't, you know, you can, you can, there's better ways to make it a great atmosphere than smoke, plumes of smoke on the track. Yeah, and imagine like you're behind somebody that's set that off. Not only can you not see, but you're going to be breathing in all of that. Like it's just, it's not a vibe. Um, I don't want to sound like a party pooper, but like you say, there are other ways that you can celebrate, like just being normal and just cheering, woo, rather than setting off a blimmin' smoke grenade. Um, but yeah, you talk about the fact that we've. It could be that people get confused with flare smoke with an actual accident. Like we literally saw it here last year 
in the final lap of the race when Vettel and Raikkonen came together. And I think that the dust, and I spoke about this on the podcast because I forgot the word dust and Matt helped me out. Um, but the dust that was kicked up from that could quite easily have been mistaken for a flare. And I mean, the light panels that they've got at the side of the track and stuff, fortunately, they are brilliant. They're so bright that um you know if it's chucking it down with rain and it's really misty and stuff like that they can still see through the light panels but yeah it also could affect the safety side of things if people can't see flags being waved people can't see you know marshals are on the track further down the line like there are lots of elements to it that might sound a bit extreme but you've got to think of like the worst case scenario sometimes so yeah i don't understand why f1 haven't flat out banned them um but Will they ever do it? Probably not. <laughs> but that's the thing, like banning them in what regard? Because I'm pretty sure they're not allowed in tracks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, that's true. What, it is, I think it is just the level of security. It's having that, better security. Yeah, then. exactly. And like people were saying with the Silverstone incident last week with the protesters that got on the track, like, did they not have T-shirts in their bag that were like the oil things and stuff? Oh, like, had, how like, is... well, They had flags and everything. We saw them, yeah, Tommy, didn't we? Like, how um, did we... we? Yeah, yeah, we saw we them. We walked yeah. and watched uh, the cars going into sort of uh, Luffield area. And yeah, they were all there taking pictures and, you know, they were very clearly um, They need to around. get like Glastonbury, like festival level of security where they're like literally check everything, like your mouthwash to make sure that it's not you're not sneaking alcohol in. They need to get those teams to a Grand Prix to make sure people aren't taking in mm. um, bad things. I because, suppose with yeah, the protesters, like, it's hard to refuse entry to someone that has a T-shirt saying they support something, right? So it's like that one's maybe a little bit yeah. more difficult. Uh, yeah, I uh, promise I'm not going they, to run on the If they've been given the head yeah. up, they've been given the heads up, though, that these kind of people are going to be attending the event. They must have told the security teams. If the security team sees somebody with this on it, they go, sorry, I've been given strict instruction that you can't come in. Yeah, I guess that's a dangerous Yeah, that's line, a dangerous though, thing, though, because if I say, say and, like... I want to wear a okay. T-shirt that says like, you know, like I don't believe in X. I yeah. don't believe in blah blah blah. And they're like, no, you can't come in. And then I'm like, okay, I won't bring the T-shirt in. And they're like, no, no, you you flat out can't come in. I'm like, what? Like, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. So Frank's walking through the room as well. Feels like he wants to say something. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll see Frank nice at the take. end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hundred with flares, like just check the bags and check their legs and wherever else they're trying to hide them. Um. Next up, but to be fair as well, like we don't, at least at Silverstone, I don't know if it's different for other tracks, you don't have like metal detectors or anything that no. you go through uh, at, at tracks. So I feel like there definitely needs to be a ramp up uh, with this sort of thing, especially with what we heard uh, with, you know, some people being abused and harassed. And that's the next question actually is Ashwick underscore Raj. What can be done to stop what happened with some people in the grandstands? Just a singular post by teams condemning the actions doesn't seem enough. And it's really sad to hear that this is now becoming a thing at Formula One races. Like, how Formula One has grown in popularity has now changed the audience that is now being brought in as well. And what can they do? It's, it's such a difficult thing to police, but having stricter security, we've said as well for yeah. flares, but having that around the grandstands and having pe- having outlets that people can go to and go, well, no, these people are doing this and not having to just deal with it on your own is I think at least one step for it. And you know, the drivers condemning what these people are doing is obviously another thing to maybe get it through their thick skulls that it's not correct to do these things to people. Um, but yeah. yeah. But have they not just grown up in society and know that this is abhorrent and they shouldn't would, do it? Why should it have not. to take a driver to say, don't do it for them to go, oh yeah, I'm not going to be an asshole. Well, like, some people you know, have that. It's a culture cells. thing, isn't it? Yeah. There? And it's there's ridiculous. all sorts of stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. you saw someone burning a Lewis Hamilton cap, and I was like, "What are you doing?" It's mad, isn't it? Like you say, it's got it's got to the point where it's just really disappointing. I mean, we heard a little bit of it at Silverstone, where some people were saying, "Oh, you know, people are giving me grief for being a fan of a certain particular driver or whatever, and calling like you know abusing me or whatever, and saying horrible things." And this is just like next level. It it doesn't. We don't want Formula One to become like a football match where we're going to have to like separate fans based on what you you're wearing or things like that. And if Formula One want to grow in popularity with you know the Drive to Survive audience and the new audiences and stuff, they need to make sure that people feel safe at a Formula One race and not just you know. 50 year old white guys feel safe at formula one race it needs to be that anyone can go to a formula one race enjoy it feel welcomed and clearly that's not the case at the moment and the problem is you know they they need to they need to be a lot stricter with it people need to call it out and support people that are having it happen to them but even if it does happen say say it happened to to me like someone beats me up or something i wouldn't know where to go to like to or even if it's like a quite a feels like a nothing incident someone like shoves me down and i cut myself whatever i wouldn't know what what to do like who do i tell at silverstone to that said that's happened to me and these people are obviously like going through a lot worse than that feeling um horrendous and it's time you know they're going to have to start banning people or and arresting people that's the only only way they can get around it which is you know horrible and then then comes the question like football are they going to have to start you know banning alcohol at things which would be a shame because some people just because you know a select few people are ruining it for everyone um it's just really really disappointing to hear isn't it it certainly is um but yeah actions need to be taken a post, as uh, Ashwick says, a post by teams condemning stuff doesn't do anything. That that won't do anything. There has to be literal action of, uh, as Tommy says, places where people can F1 speak to. F1 have got to put some of that profit that they're making into better security and making people feel more welcome, I think. Yeah, and F1 can't put that down to the circuits because that's another thing that always happens is, well, it's the circuits, you know, the circuit, the one that has to sort it out. Or sometimes the circuits can't afford to do it or whatever. There has to be a collective um, action here. Um, because yeah, I think one step forward is definitely, uh, having outlets to, for people to speak to and rather than having to get, take to social media for it to happen, like that doesn't actually surely this is a prime example of what that we race is one thing. Now, now they've said that it's now actions, not words and sticking logos on cars. Surely this is the perfect thing for them to tackle that. Yeah. Cause it needs to be squashed now. Otherwise it's just going to breed and it's going to get worse and Yeah. We don't want that at all. It's very sad to see. Okay, moving on. Try and get a, a lighter uh, moment now as Tommy should be. Well, firstly showing Frank for audio listeners. I think you may have just had a little groan from Frank, actually. Uh, but Tommy, have we got another ABCDEF1 jingle? We don't have a new one. <gasps> you guys, you guys need to send more. Are you telling more. me there wasn't any more sent? No, I couldn't Not find any. Not even rubbish ones? No. Podcast at WTF1.com. Come on, guys. Come on, we I'll need play more an old jingles. One. What do you want? Drum and bass. What the, was uh, the 
the Texas rodeo one. one. Texas one. <laughs> you want the Texas one? I love one, the Texas you? one. Let's do it. Yeehaw. Okay. Ooh, wee! It's a birthday time with ABCDFO with your pals, Jesse Gallagher, Katie Fairman, and the founder, Tom Bellingham. So I've never heard that. Was that was that Monaco? Maybe that was new. Or was yeah, that Monaco? I, I've never maybe heard that. Maybe that was jingle. Monaco. I've never maybe heard that. Maybe that is a new before. one. Sorry, okay, if we've not heard that one. Oh, maybe I was saving this one for Kota. Oh, well. <laughs> we, we, it's a new one. Austria, Kota. Have you ever heard that, Katie? Maybe in a dream. <laughs> Katie doesn't know if she's okay, heard it. Okay, <laughs> I'll shout out the person. Uh, I'm an American F1 fan who owes a lot of my fandom to WTF1. I thought I might give the ABCDEF1 jingle a little Texas spice. Thank you from Dale Moore. Thank you, Dale Moore. I've never heard that before. Tommy may have just been listening to it in bed and thought that everybody else had heard it. Yeah, clearly. Uh, Katie doesn't have a clue if she's heard it, so this is all very confusing. I don't know confusing. what's going on. Right, ABCDF one time now. Let's talk about how the drivers have graded for the Austrian Grand Prix. Let's start with Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah little curveball. Boom. A star. A star. Wow, well, it doesn't matter, does it now? <laughs> but A star. Uh, yeah, Come I think on. so. Yeah, what a turnaround. Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't beating his teammate until he okay. got the issue. But don't care. Yeah, okay, fair. Mick Schumacher, what a turnaround. Uh, okay, a star okay, for me. I'm pushing it to a star because of that interview where he got angry. I love how all of these different variables come in now. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah well, the way he spoke about it, like, a star from us, a star from the fans. K Mag, a. a, a, a had a problem with his car. Still, Still got double points for Haas. Yeah, yeah, love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, so an A from us and an A from the fans. Show Guan Yu. Oh. He had rotten weekend, luck. Another yeah. weekend where just, can this guy just have a normal weekend where we get to know how good he is? Yeah. Please. Um, Hard to see. grade C. Yeah. I'm going to go B because he did end up going from the back and fought his way through the grid for quite a few occasions. So I'll go B. Okay. C from us and a C from the back. <laughs> so it's an overall C. <laughs> uh, Valtteri Bottas ended up P11. Mm, I think that's. Start from the pits mm, as well. Mm, yeah. Okay. B. Yeah, that's true. He did start from the pits. B as well. What do you think, Frank? What do you think, Frank? Uh, it's a C for me. What do you think, Frank? Wow. Yawn if it's a B. Yawn if it's a C. Yawn if it's, Yawn an, if it's an A. Star. <laughs> Yawn if it's an F. Don't yawn if you're not listening. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Okay, moving on. Uh, so we gave a B to Bottas and a B from the fans uh, for Bottas. Uh, Alex Alban, so close to the points. End up finishing twelfth. Oh. I think that's a solid B performance. Maybe even yep. an A. Mm. Mm, I think if he'd got A, if it's points, but yeah, it's a high B. <laughs> <laughs> harsh penalty in the sprint as well. Very harsh. Yeah, forcing was it Lando? Lando off. off Basically, yeah. Yeah, but then he also tangled with Seb. Like there he, were he quite a few instances. Seb. But then, but then Seb, Seb went for a very audacious move around a corner that you do not overtake around. Uh, so I think he was kind of asking for it a little bit. <laughs> Spicy take. Um, B for I'll Alban. go for a B. Yeah, B. Yeah. 
Okay, B from us and a B from the fans. Next up is Nicholas Ledifi. D. Ledifi, yeah. hey. Yeah, he had damage floor, but let's be honest, he wasn't going to get points anyway. So, no. yeah. No, he was uh, another poor performance, unfortunately, after something promising in Silverstone. Uh, and a very poor qualifying as well. Uh, so yeah, D from us and a D from the fans. Lance Stroll finished 13th. And didn't really see anything of him. He was see. up there. He was up there at the start. Wasn't oh yeah, he? Like, he, oh, yeah. Is he going to get oh, yeah, some kind up. of random Lance Stroll miracle like P seven out of nowhere again? But, but no, he didn't. He didn't. It was just because he was off strategy. Yeah, we'll go with C. It's a C. Yeah, C is fair. I saw um, on the F one they do like a cover of what the drivers have said in the media pen afterwards and a comment said like Lance Stroll is the only man that can summarize his entire race in under 10 words and it's very true every time it's just like yeah it was okay and then it, that's so, literally uh, it. honestly how do you do see you... <laughs> do you see and the if... interview with Buxton I think it was after qualifying and Buxton like was accidentally really savage he said something like uh, oh, that's yeah, P seventeen. That's your best result for in the last three races or something. And it was like, great, thanks. Yeah, that was qualifying, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, Ouch. That was savage, but yeah, his face said it all. Um, I know we joked about uh, in our latest uh, quizzing F one fans around other. Uh, I don't think there's any Alpine fans that exist, but is there actually Lance Stroll fans? Uh, I'm genuinely yeah. wondering uh, the, okay. how how do you become a fan of someone who says less than ten words in every interview? That, that's what I would love to know. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, hello. Yeah, but yeah. Kimi at least has some has some you know sass to him. You know what I mean? Uh, wow, Jesus. Okay, yeah. So uh, C from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, a star. <laughs> I'm joking. Wow. Your face. Uh, C. I think it's a D. Uh, well, yeah. I guess did he get taken? Yeah, yeah, he got taken out in the both the sprint and the race. I'd say C. Yeah, C. Yeah, C. It was poor, but... Yeah, he was not happy. I think he said they were clowns on the team radio. Um, Oof. and uh, yeah, so he's that been was popping off all weekend, doesn't he? He does not care it's at the all. It's the B helmet. He doesn't care. He just wants Save one normal bees. race. <laughs> and he's not happy with his competitors. So C from us and a C from the fans. Yuki Sonoda. Mm. Oh my god, mm, Alpha Tauri. God, my what a god, Alpha Tauri. Is it yeah. B? Um, yeah, just. Oh, are you thinking of an E? Oh, it's so bad, isn't it? Alpha yeah, Tower is shocking. I don't know what's happened Something to them. happened to Yuki because Alonso Gasly finished off. ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gasly finished ahead of him with two five-second penalties. Yeah. And a spin. What was Sonoda doing? Am I... Have I just not picked up on this, or was he just terrible? Yeah, I think he's just bad. I um, yeah, I don't know. I can't confirm. In that case, I'll give him an E. But <laughs> I'm sorry, Yuki, if it is that there was something wrong. I'm sorry, but E. Are you it going for an E or <laughs> Frank just headbutt your microphone? <laughs> uh, what are you going for, Tommy? A D. D. Okay, D from us and a D from the fans. Gasly, I think he gets a yeah, D as well. Yeah, D. Mm-mm. Way lower than that. Way lower. Why, then Way surely, lower. You, surely then Yuki gets a. Yeah, well, you gave yeah, me an Yeah, but Gasly's ruining people's races. He ruined Seb's race. He ruined um, his Hamilton's own race by going over. Yeah, yeah, well, not, yeah he's ruining. Yeah. He he messed up in the sprint. It was just a weekend full of mistakes for him, and I'm really tempted to give him an F, but I might I'll go for an E. Okay, I'm going to downgrade and go an E. Ah, <gasps> thanks. <laughs> I don't look such yeah. a horrible person. Um, he, yeah. Yeah. Paul from Gasly, when he's the more experienced driver. 
Yeah, exactly. E. e. Okay, E from us and a D from the fans. Can't wait for Twitter to be like, wow, you gave Gasly an E, but a Snowder a D and he finished behind him. Uh, Not for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, Esteban Ocon finished a lovely P5. That is a wonderful A performance from Esteban Ocon. Loves Love some points. Tommy, I mean, what's that face? face? It's it's borderline A star. I think. I think it's like the perfect solid weekend that. And you, you kind of want to save A stars for when no, because Mick got an A star. So yeah, Ocon A star. Okay, Ocon A star. He was glowing. I'm just going to put it out there. I think he maximized <laughs> as are you everything. about everything. Quality sprint race, <laughs> maximum from every yeah. every single one. Okay, yeah. It's 100th Grand Prix weekend as well, this weekend. Oh, go on, Esteban. Love that. Okay, we'll give him an A star then. Uh, And the fans gave him an A. Uh, Fernando Alonso. I mean, he had... Can this guy have some luck, please? I know, like the tyre blanket. Can we get an Alonso onesie? That's actually not a bad idea. (laughs) I think... I genuinely think... I would never need to buy clothes for Grace again if I set up like a PO box and people because the amount of people are like, I'm going to send her this. I want to send her make this. Make a PO box right now, Tommy, and you will be flooded with one. <laughs> I would. And when Grace grows up, you'll be screwed because you yeah. don't want to do with them. Uh, but yeah, Fernando Alonso had no luck whatsoever. Uh, such a shame because I was looking forward to seeing what he could do in the sprint. Um, let's give him a B. Finish 10th. I'm going to give him an A. Because he just got massively screwed over by Alpine. They fitted him with tyres that had bad vibrations. So then he had to literally do double pit stop. Um, he got messed over at the start of the sprint with the car not turning on. It's not It's not looking good, bruv. <laughs> if you're Fernando Alonso. <laughs> it's not looking good, bruv. Go? Oh, that's, that's a brilliant. meme, though. Yeah, yeah, but it's just funny. That <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, I was waiting for Hun or Babe or Chicken or whatever. Bruv. But, Bruv is just, this is Katie with that cup of tea. She's bruv and fam. And... Roadman, Katie. <laughs> I haven't got a cup Katie, of tea. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I think it's a. It's an a bay. Bay. It's a bay. It's a bay. That's what he's getting on. No, it's, <laughs> a, it's an A. An A. An a. a. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, an A for Fernando Alonso. And the fans gave him a B. Daniel Ricardo, P9. That was all right. Not too it's bad. All right, yeah. I'd say a B. What he should be doing. Yeah, B is good. Tommy? And C. Wow. I can't give him a B. He got yeah, knocked out in Q1. Turned it around. Q1. Turned it around, finishing ninth yeah, in a McLaren. Got some point- Sorry, points is a rare occurrence for Daniel I think Ricardo. Well, got to take I think that's patronizing ones. to give Daniel Rick a B for oh. ninth. Well, I'm uh, going to double down and say B. Okay. So, so well, I'm going to C. <laughs> and what are you going with, Katie? B. Ha! You're just an old man, Tommy. He's just such a boomer. I no, love it. Yeah. Um, so B from us and the fans gave him a B as well. So everybody's patronising, apparently. Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> Lando Norris. P7. B. He was looking decent. Yeah, B. I think it's a high B compared to Daniel Ricciardo's low B. Um, it's still Who's a B. getting them with the high Bs, uh, eh? No, I'm just eh? making sure Tommy's not like, we can't keep blah, blah, blah. Uh, So yeah, a B uh, from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Carlos signs. Um, a. A. Yeah, he looked a lot more on Leclerc's pace this weekend, didn't he? Like, a lot closer to him and mm-hmm. battling him in the sprint. It is an A. Yeah. 
Okay, an A from us and an A from the fans. Charlotte Claire A star. A star. Mm, he's meant to get pole though, isn't he? That's part. Oh, <laughs> should have won the sprint. Yeah, God. Sorry, it's big brain strats. He knows <laughs> okay, he can't okay. convert a, a win when he gets pole, so he got second because he knows that's how to break the curse. Charlotte yeah. Claire's first victory that wasn't from pole position. Yeah, that's Washed. wild, isn't it? <laughs> and how many victories has he had? Five now. Yeah, so it's wonderful. What a what a moment. Yeah, A star is A star. Eighty-two percent of you voted A star for Charles Leclerc. Seventeen point three percent voted A. So there's hardly anybody that thought it was below that, which is wonderful. Uh, Sergio, Matt's the, the sheep. I have, yeah, yeah, they are all me, all my burner <laughs> accounts. Sergio Perez. This is a hard one. C. C. This Just. is difficult. B. I'm going to go for. Really he got mugged off with the but... with the qualifying and the, the FIA having their eyes shut. And then he made his way through the sprint, which you could argue he should do because he's in a fast car. But then he was just a little bit ambitious. At the yeah, I'm going to go with a B. Why not? Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we gave him a C. <laughs> yeah, uh, doesn't matter. Because <laughs> he put himself in that position, I think, with, uh, with his poor qualifying. Um, but yeah, uh, so C from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Max Verstappen, A. A. Yeah, not much more he could have done, really, but it's still not an A star because you kind of got to reserve that for a win, right? Yeah, I mean, you've got to win. Uh, so, yeah, A from us and an A from the fans. George Russell. Depends how you see the penalty, mm. uh, but I'm going to go with a B. Uh, C. Um, no, because no, he recovered, didn't he? Yeah. How they? I was worked. just thinking of crashed in quali, but he recovered. So yeah, he's yeah, yeah. P four, my lad. Fam, Bruv. Bruv. Brothing. <laughs> brethren, <laughs> brethren. I'll go for uh, a B. Yeah, cool. B. Fair, fair enough. Okay, B from us and uh, B from the fans. And Lewis Hamilton finished uh, third, and it's an A. An A. An a. Three. A, yes. Three P3s in a row, which is wild to say that his Austrian Grand Prix weekend was very different to Silverstone in terms of pace and stuff. Yeah. But still the same. Mercedes result. just always there, ready when Red Bull and Ferrari start tripping over themselves. Madness. And I think three podiums in the last three show that that is the case. And also Hamilton driving very well at the moment uh, as well. So, yeah, A from us and an A from the fans. Let's go to the Austrian GP predictions. I went for a Mercedes podium. Ding, ding. And Latifi out qualifies Alvin on the Friday, which absolutely did not happen by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Thank you, Latifi. You were on the Latifi hype train. I was like, come on, let's let's have two races in a row where we don't say Latifi's washed. But no, unfortunately, it was only one. Katie. I went for and I'm gonna claim this, this is, is a, wow. this is a good one, right? Max wins the sprint, but not the race. That's very so, good. Well done. Thank you. Very good. I think we even uh, roasted you for being too specific with that one. Yeah, and you went for it. it anyway and you smashed it. So fair play. Well done. Oh. Um, and then impeding drama in qualifying, but I don't think anybody got impeded in quality. Yeah. I should yeah. have gone for track limits. Yeah. Damn it. So only one. But it's a good Tommy. one. I went for Ricardo in Q1, which he was. Well and Albert in the points, which was looking so good. But he was looking quite quick, but no, sadly not. One point for all of us. Well done. Wow. The fans, Retco 7, Verstappen P1. No. Tykangas 30, both Aston Martins out in Q1. Yes. Oh, that did happen. That did happen, didn't it? That did definitely <laughs> happen. Should we check? 
Yeah, it did. Because yeah. Seb, Seb was last and Stroll yeah, yeah. didn't get through. And Isaac Crevens, George top five, has double points and a surprise new podium finisher for the season. <laughs> Went too oh. specific. It's Hamilton's Two surprise. out of three. There's new, it's new podiums. Ah, oh, damn. If it said surprise podium finishes, we may have been able to swear Imagine to if Ocon had got on the podium. That would have been the worldy prediction to get Imagine. them all. That would have been like, do you remember that person that commented yeah, on our YouTube? Yeah, really specific It was thing. like, Mazepin will have more penalty points than actual points. Actual points. Science will be... Um, oh, yeah. Science will, will be... will win a race but not finish in the top three. Three. Yeah. And then uh, Science would beat Leclerc in the championship. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I mean, it was so yeah, specific. The odds that he would have got on that would have been ridiculous. Uh, okay, and then France predictions. I've gone for Mick Schumacher points on that hype train. And Vettel makes it out of Q1. Come on, lad. You've got this. <laughs> Katie? I've gone for no Ferraris in the top five. Because last How year, those two Ferraris had an absolute you. shocker with tyre deg. They did. So... Who knows? And then Gasly involved in another spin. Sorry, Gasly. Oh. Ouch. Gasly's now the wash driver. Now, I've gone, Tommy. I've gone for this? a Mercedes win. <gasps> it's where, going, where, I'm going bold. Where, where? And multiple track limit penalties. So basically more than How many is multiple? <laughs> no, come on. More than yeah. one. Have a three. word with yourself. Three. So. Three or more. Three. Three or more. Three or more. No, three limit. or more. More than three. And amend That's that what allowed. No, more three, three or more. No, no, three or more is a lot for a, for a race. <laughs> okay. Three plus. Okay. I'll allow And that. that's in the race, and that's them getting five seconds. Yes. We're not specifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, hold on. Track limit penalties. Track limit delete. No, a deletion yeah, so that's five is not the seconds. same as penalties. Yeah, so penalties. So it's five fine. second penalties. Okay. Look at Tommy's. Also, can we just say how ridiculous it is that a five-second penalty, like it's the same penalty, time penalty, for going over track limits to actually ruining somebody's race. That's ridiculous, but anyway. What what would you do, Katie? Yeah, Uh, Ten seconds for causing a collision. For you two, five seconds seconds for... Yeah, maybe even a ten-second stop and go. I think they 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 do it on the severity, don't they? So they... Yeah, like Hamilton and Silverstone got that, didn't they? Drive-through, didn't they? All All of them. All of them. Uh, minimum is okay. Minimum ten seconds. Okay, uh, fans. Lo- oh, sorry. I was going to say long lap <laughs> MotoGP. That's what they need for track limits. What does that mean? I was they, just about they, to say they have to do a little extra thing, like a Joker, Joker lap. lap. Yeah, yeah. Around the car park. That would be so much more exciting than a five-second penalty. I'm sorry. It would, but it would make it... It every would, track would have to change apart well. from Paul Ricard. Paul Ricard is, so is great. Let's well, do Paul Ricard. They've got a lot of them there, but they're, own, they're currently too thin at the moment because they're made for bikes. But That's even better if it's just a literally <laughs> yeah. as wide as an F1 car. Ruin their tyres as they go past the other. Uh, right, fans. I was in the middle of going Twoland because uh, that's the name of the thing, but then Tommy started speaking. So I was like, Alpine on the podium. Okay. Uh, nice. Underscore Albert underscore 46. Leclerc and Verstappen collide. Please no. JMS 101190. Third Ferrari win in a row. Oh, yeah, we're two on the bounce at the moment. God. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it because British Grand Prix, whatever. Right. Frank, what do you think? Any any thoughts from you? Oh, mate, you look absolute like... He's <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Final thoughts. Very interesting. We literally, yeah, that was a really good point, actually. Uh, he said Better that Max Verstappen's washed. And he said he's going to eat every Verstappen onesie that comes through the uh, the post box. <laughs> I'm counting on you, Frank. I really am. Uh, Katie, final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts uh, is that I hope that everybody that 
suffered any kind of harassment at the Grand Prix at the weekend is okay. And I, if you reach out to me by email or I can open my DMs and I can help in any way, let me know. If not, I hope you've had a nice day. Okay. Tommy. <laughs> uh, well, it's hard not to echo <laughs> your thoughts and say something similar that, yeah, uh, I'm desperate for a race weekend where we just don't hear about like awful things happening basically and just crowd trouble and crappy things like that because it's such a shame to hear about it we all want to enjoy formula one everyone deserves to enjoy formula one and uh yeah let's hope it gets sorted out because it's such a shame Frank also Frank is agrees. agreeing with that. And uh, yeah, I echo both of your sentiments. I think I'll leave it on a more positive note that I'm looking forward to Charles Leclerc winning again uh, in France. Um, so yeah, the championship is back on. Tommy never thought it was off, but I'm just, you know, I'm going to constantly keep channeling that. And uh, hopefully the onesie doesn't arrive anytime soon, Tommy. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, yeah, just let us know. And uh, I can pop round for a coffee and um, destroy it. And, and yeah, destroy absolutely everything in your house. So yeah, cool. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. Hashtag WTF One Podcast. If you want to get involved in the discussion, remember we've got what loads of Twitch Wednesday, no Hot Take Wednesday things coming on Twitch as well as other Twitch streams and obviously the French Grand Prix as well and stuff like that. So go and check us out on Twitch, WTF One Official. And that is pretty much it. Thank you very much, Frank, for your opinions and thoughts as well. And uh, and to Team WTF1 for watching live. If you want to join Team WTF1, it's wtf1.com forward slash Team WTF1. Isn't it? I think so. Sure is. I should probably know the URL by now. Okay, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, Frank. Oh, look at his little paw waving. Bye, Frank. Rip the onesie up. (laughs) (laughs) Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus, creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. Podcast Show London.